All three are moving. I'm seeing the lines. Bob, do some talking. Okay. Uh, here we are in beautiful downtown, Downingtown, the Bay City. If I say something like, you'll cut that out, right? No. No? Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon. We are a twice-weekly podcast dedicated to celebrating the radio show turned podcast Too Beautiful to Live. My name is Mike Frizzell, also known as Jail Dude. And on Mondays, we give you a recap of the previous week's TBTLs. But this is our Friday show where we have on a guest to talk about their experiences with the show and also play and discuss their favorite segment in TBTL history. I can't do it all by myself here in Austin, so... Running the audio in Everett, Washington, is the most perfect 10 the world has ever known. The nice lady, Christy Wise. Hello, C. Wise. Hello, Mike. You know, I lied there. You're not in the Everett studios today. We're doing a daytime recording. Yeah, I'm high atop the Smith Tower. Goodness, that's the fanciest place anyone's ever broadcast (laughs) this show from. The Smith Tower is a historic building in Seattle. It was like, it was the tallest building like west of the Mississippi for many, many years, right? Yes. And it has, I don't know if it's the U.S.'s only man-operated elevator, but it is definitely west of the Mississippi. They have you, elevator operators. That Okay. You said you said it was operated manually. I thought I saw a guy like pulling a rope or something, but you mean someone pressing <laughs> the buttons. Close. No, they actually drive it with like a gear. Wow. Wow. I'll take a video. That, it sounds dangerous. By yeah, the way, they, they, they might want to update it. that. Yeah, they let Ellie do it the other day. Oh, shoot. That doesn't sound dangerous either. <laughs> no, no. All right. <laughs> so uh, our guest today, we were recording during the day, is an East Coast 10. And he was excited when we got on today. I think we might be the first 10s he's ever met. This is Bob Stein. Hello, Bob. Ahoy, hoy, guys. How are we doing? <laughs> we're doing Good. well. Yeah, Bob, um, is that true? You've never met a 10? Have you ever talked to a 10? No, uh, the only 10 that I know who's in my area is a young lady named Jacqueline Hickey. And mm-hmm. we've only corresponded on, on Facebook. So, no, I've never talked to a 10. And uh, this is pretty exciting. So I'm actually – and I'm talking to famous 10s here. You know, <laughs> you guys are like uh, TBTL uh, royalty. Oh, you say, you say the kindest things, Bob. Um, before You'll get I- my bill. <laughs> Before I hand you over to Christy, there are a couple things uh, about you that I, I wanted to find out. Also, um, uh, I, I wanted to say that there's something that we have to discuss today. I had an idea last night, and whenever Mike oh, no. has an idea, I have to share it. it has nothing to do with with the show or or you, Bob. But I want to run something by you. But um, a couple things about you that I have noticed: uh, you seem to be a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Is that correct? Oh yeah. Oh, yes. Very much. So uh, how old are you, Bob, if you don't mind me asking? Not at all. Well, I'm on, as as I said in my notes, on the uh, far right hand of the uh, demographic curve for TBTL listeners. I'm 61. Mm. So uh, I'm sure there are not many of us up there. I think there are a few. But uh, so uh, that's why if you've noticed on my uh, profiles on Facebook, I, I've been posting a, a lot of the Phillies from the uh, the 1970s, you know, in 80s. Right. Right. And from the championship team in 1980, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be cycling through those guys, you know? 
Oh, you will? Okay, because I, I joined the um I joined our chat today as Manny Trio. Yes, Are you I eventually saw that. gonna gonna hit gonna hit Manny as well. Yeah, Manny's Manny's gonna get in there. We're you know, we're gonna put in um um uh, McGarvey and Carlton and uh you know all those guys. Luzinski. Oh absolutely, absolutely. Uh, can't can't not can't forget the ball. Yeah, you know? Larry Boa. And Larry Boa, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All two, right, two of my favorites are Gary Maddox and Bake McBride. They were, I love those guys. They were great. Well, you certainly have to appreciate the '70s hair that those guys were doing. <laughs> they were really rocking that hairstyle. Let me tell you. Uh, on a more serious note, uh, I noticed that you went to Temple University, right? Uh, yeah, that was uh, that's where I got my master's degree. Uh, it's. Is it something that Temple graduates discuss this Bill Cosby thing? Because he was like his whole identity seemed tied up in Temple University. He ran track there. He was like a he got all not, not only his degrees but all kinds of honorary degrees there. I mean, what's the status of? I mean, are you still accepting him, or are they trying to like distance themselves completely from from him at this point? You, you know, I'm not sure. I would imagine a lot of people have basically uh, pretty much. Uh, uh, dropped uh, Cosby like a hot turd. And, uh, you know, I, I want to tell you, I wouldn't be surprised if Temple is like very quietly, you know, disengaging from any kind of contacts, you know, or even endorsements or investments they've had with him. So uh, uh, I'm guessing, but I don't really know. The interesting thing that I would want to know is if he is still giving money and if they are still taking it. Yeah, that's, that's, yes, I don't know. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. That's something, um, basically, none of that stuff, which is actually very interesting stuff, have I seen discussed Mm -hmm. in the local papers or news or on the radio or anything like that. It's all been about um, this upcoming trial Mm -hmm. and and this argument between the current DA uh, uh, district attorney and the former one. And uh, uh, nobody's talked about, you know, where his connections are, where the money's going. Mm-hmm. So it'd be interesting. Those are great questions. I'd like to find out about that myself. Okay. Well, uh, if you ever see an article or something, just forward it to me. Um, before uh, we get into an, our interview with you and the clip, which tonight is, I think it's episode 10, if I counted right. Mm-hmm. It was very yes. early episode in which... Um, there's a cooking with Sean as well as a mystery solvers within like a 20 minute period. So <laughs> it's a, it's pretty jam packed little clip, but <clears throat> I had an idea last night and Emily thinks that uh, she had something to do with the idea. But then when I fleshed out the idea, she said it was so terrible that she wanted to dissociate herself. She doesn't want her name on it. Yeah. Right. Um, it's an idea for a TV show. Like, you know, First of all, let me say that there are people that appreciate my ideas. Emily doesn't happen to be one of them, but a uh, <laughs> friend of the show, Lauren in Jacksonville, she loves my ideas. Even when she hates them, she loves that she I throw them out. She lives in Florida. <laughs> hey, There's Jacksonville's a lovely good. town, so <laughs> let's not talk bad about Florida. Okay. okay. It's a TV show, and think like community, but uh, but at like a four-year university and in Hawaii, set in Hawaii. So you've got all kind of multicultural characters and, and they're always getting into jams and, and wacky hijinks. And, um, it's called Academia Nuts. (laughs) (laughs) Oh God, the title alone is worth it. Let me tell you. 
I've been accused of finding a title for things and then working backwards into the idea. <laughs> and this time it happens to be very true. But imagine nuts with a Z also. At, right, right. Uh, of course. Of course. It would have to be like that. Actually, it's really funny. Um, uh, my wife and I were just in Hawaii. We took a, like a two-week vacation there. Great, we had a great time. So I would just endorse it just from just being there. We had great memories from there. But I like the idea uh, because Hawaii, you know, it's so multicultural and so kind of like out there, both literally and figuratively. I think it would work pretty well. Oh, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Christy, I see. I say Saturday Night Live skit, but I don't think it has. It's, it's not. It's not enough. There's not enough meat on legs that bone. to make a whole season. No. Okay. Well. Okay. Well, I'll take it. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's all I had for Bob right now. But I'll jump in uh, as you do your your business, Christy. Okay. Hello, Bob. Hello there, Cwise. How are you? I am just excellent. Well, I first wanted to talk about the time when I got in trouble for calling you a gold star archivist. <laughs> oh, right. <laughs> Wait a minute. You called me Ben? Was that it? No, I called you gold star and they said, he's Jewish. You shouldn't call him. <laughs> shouldn't, be, shouldn't be marking him with a star. <laughs> well, you know, the gold star, I don't associate with it. If you had said yellow star. We would have right. had some issues. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but well, Gold Star, I, also, I mean, you know, like this little kid who went to an elementary school, a public elementary school that was probably 80% Jewish, right? Because of the neighborhood I grew up in. Uh, we always got gold stars on our, you know, artwork and tests and things like that. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, you know, nobody was, nobody was complaining about that. You weren't. Afraid. Yeah. Okay. No. But I did accidentally call you Ben. Do you yes. get that a lot? Actually, you know what I get more than Ben? It's Bill. People call me Bill. It, and I, I've gotten so used to it, it doesn't even bother me. You know, sometimes I don't even correct people. You know, they'll say, hey, Bill, how you doing? I'm going, oh, fine, you know? <laughs> so, you know, it's those short one-syllable names that begin with B, you know, so it's easy right. to uh, mix up. Okay. So I'll jump into the interview and that will lead into your big thing that you wrote. But what was your first episode of TBTL? Okay. Well, I think um, it was, it was somewhere in like December of, of 2014. And I think it was the show in which the guys were like, you know, the serial podcast had just exploded and, <laughs> and everybody was listening to it. And I think it was the show where they were eating cereal on on you know on the on microphone and talking about it as a kind of you know like in your face parody of cereal yes. and and I just I just lost that I was sitting there going I am definitely listening to this podcast forever you know it, it was just I was hooked in how did you how did you even come about it cuz that's pretty late yeah uh well this is really strange uh I've listened to wait wait for years and I was actually aware of Luke from that, but never remembered TBTL, you know, him talking about that. Must have glossed over it. But I've known Luke since he was a NPR reporter. His name, you know, came up. And I remember hearing him do pieces. You know, this is going back, what, 10, 15 years, I would say. So I was aware of him and knew he was, you know, somewhat well-known in the public radio world. And then 
the way I found out about it, I think Mike Pesco on his podcast was um, doing a week of his favorite podcast or podcasts that you should listen to. I and, he had Luke, and he had Luke on and he, and Luke was talking about TV talent. I said, I, I have to check this thing out. It just sounds, <laughs> sounds right up my alley, you know, and there, there you go. That's uh, history was made. So your first episode was a highly produced one that Andrew had his hands in where they even did the serial theme song. Yes. Yes. Right. And so was it disappointing the next day when <laughs> you've never had that ever again? When they were eating Triscuits the next day? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, I, I don't know. Um, I do find, I think I've written this to you, Christy, that it, it's amazing the variability in quality you know, from one day, you might get something like that um, serial episode. And then a few days later, I, I, I was telling Christy, I was doing, uh, I was archiving the, um, uh, you know, part of the uh, archive project. I was listening to the uh, uh, January 19th, 2015 show right after the NFC championship. And it was basically a 72 minute no point conversion. I was like banging my head against the wall. It not a, like, not a football fan, baseball fan, but not a football fan. Yeah, well, it's let's put it this way: I'm not a big sports guy in general. I like baseball. I follow that a little bit more. I don't dislike sports. I just don't follow it. It's not in kind of my wheelhouse, I guess. Not, but, not you don't follow the Seahawks. You don't get notifications whenever someone's written something on the Seahawks. Over no, there, no, Philadelphia. The, the only I have like loyalty to the Seahawks is because, you know, it's part of TBTL lore. So sure. I'm kind of interested in them, you know, <laughs> but um, um, it, it, it was not only that, but it was it, it, it not that I'm not a super football fan, but it was just the on and on repetitive nature of like, you know, Andrew and Luke, and they're both like talking and neither of them really don't know what they're talking about. Yes, they do not. <laughs> they do not. And I was, I was just sitting there going, oh, please, please, God, bring this thing to an end so I can get it out of my oh, archive yeah. queue. You know? <laughs> it would be like listening to me do a music podcast for an hour and a half. People would be tearing their hair out. Um, but, but here's my question for you, Bob. Um, sorry, Bill. Um, <laughs> no, you, it's Ben. It's Ben. Ben, you came aboard in 2014. So, right. And you, you're an archivist. You're a um, historian. Yes. Um, that's a lot of volume to go back. You've listened to every show now. Oh no, 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 no! Oh. I'm not. I'm not Phyllis Fletcher. I, I, I okay. can't do that. That was my intent. I actually went back to the first show in January of 2008. And I listened through, I think, the first two or three weeks, and then I realized how impossible this would be. Sure. And so I stopped. And now I'm kind of using the archive project, right. you know, to sample, you know, so I'm getting like little bits and pieces and stuff. So the week that I'm archiving now, I actually was a listener, you know, so I've heard it already. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I must have just turned off that uh, NFC championship show because – I don't didn't remember it as being that prodigious of a slog. Well, and it's active <laughs> listening when you're doing the archive. Yeah. Oh my God! Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> and he's oh, yeah. the Bob has done seven weeks total, and it has his eighth assigned. 
Yes, yes. And I've, I kind of unfortunately have slowed down a little bit uh, due to, you know, just life in general. So, But I, I'm trying to get back into it. And hopefully we'll bang out week number eight pretty soon. Awesome. So, so you know, uh, he, he's Bob is thirty three weeks short of a cheese party. Is that <laughs> definitely thirty three weeks short of a cheese party? Okay. Well, I've, I've never been to Philadelphia. I was conceived in Philadelphia. Yeah, I've never been a waterbed. Uh, I don't think so. My dad doesn't seem the waterbed type. He's more. He's more of the uh, um, guy who wears like bracelets uh, type of guy. Oh no! You're type of me, really? uh, creep, creepy older fella. <laughs> like uh, um, a Buzz Aldrin, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like he, <laughs> my dad feels he's so masculine he can pull some stuff off, but I, no one, no one's really told him that he's not. Right, like right, right. He's he is gotcha. pretty handsome, though. Yeah, he's oh, very yeah. handsome. Yeah, he's well, very handsome. Barb wants to get with him bad. <laughs> <laughs> so you're shopping your dad around. Uh, no, no, he's very happily remarried for the third time right now. <laughs> Maybe it will stick this time. <laughs> well, you it's, know, they say third time's years, a charm, so. you know? Yeah. There you go. All right. So which episode turned you into a 10? Um, probably that one. I mean, literally, after that, you know, I heard the serial thing. I remember just, like, sitting here going, I, I, this is my <laughs> podcast. I have to listen to this. And pretty much been faithful Ever since, you know, I really look forward to, uh, you know, when the show gets uh, posted and I download it, you know, and then I spend, you know, that day and the next day, you know, listening to mm -hmm. it. So I'm fairly up to date with it. And have you ever had any TBTL appearances? Oh, yeah. Well, I've had three emails read. Uh, one in response to I don't know if you remember this. This was early on back in like the winter of last year. One in response to some guy in, in Upper Darby where I used to teach uh, he, who tried to flush potatoes down the toilet to get the attention of his yes. landlord. Yes. And I, I wrote in basically saying, uh, yeah, it sounds like one of my former students, <laughs> which Luke got a big kick out of. <laughs> um, the one in, in response to an email I wrote to Andrew, which I wrote this very long email on another topic. And I just mentioned, you know, down in my signature in the email says um, environmental educator slash contradance musician. And Andrew just picked up yeah. on that and said, uh, you know, oh, we've got to, you know, we've got to talk about this. And and, and they mentioned something on the air. And then I, I, I wrote them a long, very tongue in cheek kind of supposedly angry email about uh, <laughs> the difference between, you know, contra dancers and uh, sea shanty singers. So they read that on the air. And then of course the, uh, the bagel email, which they read on the air. Now the bagel pronunciation, you actually in Philadelphia do say bagel. Yes, yes. Yeah. I find myself either going bagel or bagel, you know. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, it, it's kind of, I realize Luke probably picked that up from his Philly mm -hmm. relatives, I bet. Right, right. Yeah. Where are you on milk? Uh, no, I don't say milk. I say milk. Good. Yeah. Uh, Thank you. This, this interview would have been over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think I would have taken myself off the interview. If I, I can live with magazine and bagel, but I can't live with milk. <laughs> Now, milk is milk is really weird. Uh, like, did you see when Tina Fey uh, did uh, she did a, a like a, a Philly accent? She was like a, a relative from Philly visiting her cousins was on Saturday Night Live. No, 
But she said milk, and I'm thinking, you know, Tina, you nailed the accent pretty well, except for that, because <laughs> not a lot of Philly people say milk, you know, <laughs> at least not in my crowd. Let's put it that right. way. And uh, by the way, she went to the high school where I taught at. Upper Darby? Yes, Upper Darby. And she was there while I was there. But I, uh, she was like way above my pay grade. I taught the, you know, the kind of the sweat hog type kids. <laughs> right. And, and uh, you know, <laughs> uh, props to welcome back Cotter there. But uh, uh, she was like an advanced placement student. So I didn't know her at all while she was there. Uh, why am I familiar with Upper Darby? Did like Wilt Chamberlain go there or something? No, uh, let me see. We've had people? a bunch. Uh, uh, Todd Rundgren Ooh. and uh, Jim Croce were both graduates. Right. Um, was there a lot of bullying that went on there? Because Jim Croce seemed very focused on bullies <laughs> in his song. He might have been because supposedly, I, well, he graduated in the 60s. So I think it was a lot calmer then. I just picture it, one bully bigger than the last, you know, just a line of bullies beating each other up. <laughs> Well, it, it's like I like to say our, our kids, you wouldn't want to meet them in a dark alley, but they have a heart of gold, you know. So uh, I, I really like the kids. I really enjoyed it. But, they, you know, they were tough, scrappy kids. And, you know, yeah. I was even the girls could probably kick my ass. You know? sure. See, I'd rather watch a TV show about that high school. Oh, then uh, Academia, Academia Nuts? Nuts? Yeah. With a Z? <laughs> Oh, I could tell many stories, believe me. And that would, it probably would make a good sitcom. Yeah. <laughs> so I let's, let's get that working. Okay, what do you do while you're listening? Oh, uh, uh, lots of puttering. Um, I, um, I, uh, one of my favorite things is to do the dishes. Oh, that's while, what I do uh, too. Listening. I love it. Do the dishes. I drive, uh, you know, I'll listen to it while I'm driving. Um, uh, the other thing that I do, which is probably uh, – uh, it, you might find interesting is I volunteer at this environmental research uh, uh, division of Drexel University. And right now the project I'm working on is literally picking out from stream samples, stream insects and identifying them, you know, mm. and which is a long kind of tedious job, perfect for podcasts. So I get me, I get me through some uh, serious TBTL when I'm doing that. You know? So Bob, you go out to a stream and collect water and bring it back. And I mean, how does, what is that job exactly? Actually, I don't do that. These samples have always, have already been collected. What I do is I go down uh, the organization. It's called the Academy of Natural Sciences. It's in downtown Philly. And I go down there and I go into the lab and basically take the samples that have already been collected and tease out the insects and do the identification. Okay. So it's kind of cool. It's kind of fun. It's, yeah, it sounds fun. Very, yeah, it's a very zen-like activity. And as I said, you know, you, you don't need to have 100% of your mind on it so you can listen sure. to TBTL I'm doing, you know? All right. And why does TBTL matter to you? Oh, uh, wow. Okay. Well, it's, I, I've thought about this a lot, and I actually wrote to Luke about this early on. When I was a little kid, um, I used to, you know, when I was five, six years old, you know, you hang around with your mother and mom would listen to um, a lot of these what you could nowadays it would be called kind of talk shows. But back then they were really like conversation shows, you know, interview shows that were on AM radio. And there was this big famous station out in New York City called W.O.R., 
And you could pick that up in Philadelphia. It was one of these clear channel stations, you know, you would broadcast up and down the East Coast. So she would listen to like Arthur Godfrey and Dorothy Kilgallen and all these people who would have this like wonderful art of talking about, you know, art and culture and things like that and just life in New York City. And, you know, there's a very nice conversation, you know, and there was a nice interplay between the people. So it kind of brings me back to that era in my life. But it also reminds me of um, things I listened to in my teenage years, like the Firesign Theater, a little bit of absurdist humor there. Um, I don't know if you guys are familiar with Gene Shepard, uh, who used to be on uh, – he's the guy who basically wrote the story uh, A Christmas Story is based on, okay. you know, the movie. Mm-hmm. And he had a show for years, for like 25, 30 years on WOR. Like he's probably the the originator of this kind of like stream of consciousness, you know, late night guys on the radio talking about all kinds of stuff. And there's a lot of that in what the guys are doing that remind me of uh, of that little bit of Harry Shearer, not not a whole lot, but a little bit of that. Um, and then finally, you know, it takes me back to when in college used to stay up all night and have these like meaningless, but in a lot of ways, meaningful. And at what you thought at the time were very deep philosophical conversations with your friends, you know, to like all hours of the morning. And, and, you know, it kind of, these guys are kind of doing that in a way, you know, from the perspective of almost 40 year old guys, but basically it's the same kind of thing. Uh, I, I, I like the community attends. It seems like a really lovely bunch of people, uh, really different people. I mean, you know, uh, just a wide variety of, uh, of humans. And I, I kind of get a kick out of that. And I like the fact that, you know, both, both Andrew and Luke are really able to open up and kind of bear themselves, you know, personally, because, you know, I find myself being both, you know, being, at the same time, uh, uh, um, moved by them, endeared by them, and really pissed off by them, mm-hmm. <laughs> depending on what they're talking about. So you know, it's really it's really a tribute to them that they're you know they're willing to go and do this. Bob, back to what you were saying about all the radio you listened to growing up. I think there there was an era, especially late night and weekend radio, where hosts and guests were allowed to stretch out a lot more than they are now. You still see it um, kind of with like Art Bell and, and uh, Coast to Coast and things like that. But it's it's a lot more rare on commercial radio to have people be able to talk about a topic until it comes to its own, you know, um, natural conclusion. And I think that's what podcast is bringing back. Like commercial radio now is so tightly formatted and you've got your, your promos and your stingers and your ads and you end up with, and you, we see it with these clips. I mean, you go back in like our number one of the first show was, you know, like 29 minutes of actual content. Uh, I think we're getting just as much TBTL today as we got on the radio in those three hours when the guys go an hour and 20 minutes um, we're getting as much content and it's a better format for bringing a conversation to a logical conclusion. Cause you don't have to like bring it back and reset mm-hmm. and do all that nonsense. So I think it's sort of, we're back to a golden age of talk. Absolutely. I was just thinking, and I couldn't agree with you more, Mike. Uh, I really think that the podcast has kind of 
revitalized, basically, as you said, that old fashioned format uh, of radio where people could, could, can really, as you said, stretch out and discuss a point. And one of the things like when Andrew and Luke disagree and have a reasonable discussion, you know, and you can see that they're both, both very passionate about it. I mean, that to me, I, I wish that model would be more out there in the world because it's just so satisfying to hear two people who respect each other's opinions, but are still passionate about the argument, but right. are willing to let that kind of, you know, progress to, as you said, it's logical conclusion. Right. So I, you know, as you said, podcasting, I think has really opened up the, you know, that venue. Well, I was driving, uh, to Las Vegas and back from Las Vegas, uh, before and after the Super Bowl, And I listened to a lot of radio and it is an echo chamber. Uh, nobody brings on a guest that disagrees with them right. in the slightest. And it is, it's not interesting. It just isn't. So, um, that's why it's one of the reasons radio is dying and podcasting is we all, we all saw this coming. Those of us that listened to, started listening to podcasts like seven or eight years ago, like, oh, this is it. This is the death of radio, you know, because people are going to want this and they're going to eventually all of us old folks are going to figure this shit out. And sorry, Aiden, and we're going to just jump. And, you know, that was the first time that I've listened to a lot of radio in a long time. And it was mainly because I was curious. It's just just to see what's going on in the radio now. And it's just as terrible as I thought it was. (laughs) Yes, I I remember, you know, like if I had to do several times in the past 10, 15 years, I've done some cross country driving and, you know, you listen to what's out there and it is, it is terrible. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's people, you know, talking to their own little tribe and uh, it's really, you're not learning anything from it. And as you said, I've been listening to podcasts, you know, seriously, maybe five, six years. And uh, I just find it amazing. You know, I really, as you said, this is probably the, hopefully will be a medium that sustains itself for a while. And the cafeteria nature of it is appealing as well. I mean, you can just go in and say, oh, uh, I like these shows. And of those shows, I like these guests. And you can just pick, 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 and, and you can really curate your your listening experience, which just not possible on AM and FM radio. Um, right. Right. Very important point. But uh, let's get to the clip. Um, oh. Bob, this, this, they're only 10 shows in on this clip mm-hmm. and they're clearly already having a good time. Uh, this is about when I started listening. I, I came in like 10 days to two weeks after the show started. And this particular clip, um, involves a first a mystery which is quickly solved it wasn't much of a mystery to start with let's be honest and and then a uh sean uh the first cooking with sean although he doesn't actually cook he just brings in the some first food, cooking with sean yes yeah yes first cooking with sean so uh let's hear that clip okay you're listening to too beautiful to live on news talk 710 cairo I started trembling. I turned into a gremlin. Nobody buys me. Nobody buys me. This is Too Beautiful to Live on News Talk 710 Cairo. Thank you so much for uh, spending your Friday night with us. Our website is tbtl.com. 
Burbank.net. My name is Luke Burbank. I'm the host of this show. And uh, one of the things that we really pride ourselves on in this program, as you well know, is that we are mystery solvers. In fact, TBTL is mystery solvers. And the mystery this week has been the haunting train-like sound that occurs on a nightly basis in my neighborhood on Capitol Hill. I live at around 15th and Republican, right near Volunteer Park on Capitol Hill. And uh, seemingly on the hour, I hear what sounds awful lot like a train whistle. In fact, I was able to make a recording of it uh, and during the dark of night with my home recording kit. It's not a great recording, but it gives you a sense for what this train sound sounds like. Sean, if you could. Sean, if you could just re-rack that. Can you play that one more time from the top? And this week people have put out various theories. Some people think it's a boat. Some say it's a train. Some say that it's an art project. The wind whistling through the radio towers on Capitol Hill. And we have track down two guys who can hopefully answer this once and for all. Uh, we're very happy to welcome Charlie Sheldon. He's the managing director of the Port of Seattle Seaport and Gus Melanis from Burlington Northern Railroad. Hi, guys. Hi there. Um, thank you for coming on. Now, what I just played for you is actually two different sounds that occurred a few minutes apart. I kind of put them together so people could hear the two most clear train sounds uh, or whatever they are. But Based on that, can you tell me anything about what you just heard? Do you think that is a train, that's a boat? What is your guys' best guess? Well, I can go. This is Gus Malone, a spokesman from BNSF Railway. And I live on Queen Anne, and I've often myself thought the same mystery question. I hear a whistle, and it's clearly to me what I hear on Queen Anne during the night sometimes when there's – it has to depend on the temperature – Wind plays a factor, but I do hear a train whistle on occasion, and I'm wondering, well, there are no train tracks on Queen Anne. What could this be? And I concluded that it certainly is BNSF's train whistle coming from Royal Brill Public Crossing, and our trains do sound the whistle before the trains arrive with a sequence of four blasts, and I've made that out before, and the tracks are no closer to Queen Anne, and they are to Capitol Hill. So, well, I did do a I map quested, and I actually only live two miles from the train tracks. I'm surprised it was that close, but it seems like it's kind of hilly country, and there are all kinds of buildings. So, I had wondered if that it was possible that train sound was coming all the way up. I guess, Gus, a relevant question is: I made that tape recording at two in the morning, uh, early on a Wednesday morning. Is there a Burlington Northern train that would have been coming through downtown Seattle or the waterfront at 2 in the morning, and would they be required to pull their horn? There is a crossing at Royal Brome, and it probably came from that crossing. Now, you played, it sounded like, a sequence of two blasts, and I don't know if there were more than that. There actually were more, but I was fumbling with my recording equipment. Okay. It was like someone trying to film Bigfoot. You know, they never get a good shot of it. Right. Well, the BNSF train is certainly more realistic than Bigfoot, and... 
it, my guess, it sounds very much like a train whistle. I have 37 years' experience with BNSF, and the trains sometimes will, if a train is stopped and it takes off, it will give two blasts. When it's stopping, it will give the sound of one blast. So it certainly could be a train whistle. Based on what I could hear from your tape, it sounds as if it certainly was a train whistle. The Union Pacific Railroad also has an operation in the industrial part of Seattle, south of Safeco Field. Mm. It could have been one of their trains as well, but it did, to me, sound certainly like a train whistle. Charlie Sheldon, you're the managing director of the Port of Seattle Seaport. Some people called in and said they thought it sounded like a ship. Uh, is it possible that a ship would, the Port of Seattle would be blowing its horn at 2 in the morning? could certainly be blowing their horns if it's foggy, that's for sure. But, you know, how long have you been listening? How long has this sound been going on? Well, I used to live on Capitol Hill maybe 10 years ago, and I would hear it. And now I've moved back to the Seattle area, and I'm hearing it once again. So, I mean, since I've been here for 10 years. Yeah, yeah. I actually think that, you know, Gus may be right, but I actually think that neither. It's not a ship, and it's it's not a train at all. I think it's... um, I think it's a, the mating call of the sow-bellied nargali. <laughs> You're blowing my mind, Charlie. Oh, they're indigenous to the Pacific Northwest, and, and um, you know, frequently they they become active when 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 it's quiet. And um, are there any parks near where you live, for example? Yeah, volunteer well, parks. I seem to like to, you know, abide in in, in dark, rocky places, and, and train tunnels and and storm sewer outflows are good places for them, and they're quite rare. But you know that. The, that's sow belly nargalies in heat. Yeah, Can we get a spelling on that. <laughs> N-A, it's sow belly nargalie n a r g e l e. I could give you the yeah. Latin traditional spelling. Okay, nargalie, of course. you know that's a very rare animal and um, <laughs> um, probably an endangered species and will interfere with any building projects up there. But um, well, Charlie, it's a bold. That's a bold call on your part. It's um, true, I'm quite convinced of it. Uh, well, if it is, then we'll have to just, I guess, kind of. Think of that as a as a as a beautiful, rare Capitol Hill species that is very elusive. Uh, I guess the it seems to me, and I don't. I'm not trying to call you out, Charlie, but I, I feel the train seems to be a more possible answer. But and for the sake of wanting to solve this mystery, I'm going to say it's the train because if we don't solve the mystery by Friday, your pizza is free. Well, I think you're quite wrong and missing a great opportunity to uh, really enrich your life. Okay, well, this wouldn't be the first time. Okay, we've actually got to run for the news. Charlie Sheldon, Managing Director of the Port of Seattle Seaport and amateur uh, biologist, thank you for your time. Gus Malanis from Burlington Northern Santa Fe Railroad, thank you for your time. Thank you. You All right, have a good night, guys. Okay, we're running late for our news break. And we've got to get Jeannie Lockhart working on that whole endangered species thing, the Nargolis. I mean, this... The story is going completely unreported. Hello. Hi, you reached Addie. I'm not available. Hi, baby babe. It's me. Ron. This is Jason. I'm really excited about your new show. Who's crazier, me or Ann Curry? This is TBTL. That was the family drops. It was my mom, my kid, my girlfriend, Jen's husband. Because this is a family show on News Talk 710 Cairo. It's called TBTL, the show that is very possibly too beautiful to live. Our website is tbtl.net. Thanks for listening to us on this Friday night. And now a segment that we've been very excited about since Jen thought it up this morning. Got a hot plate and a can-do attitude? Then you're ready for Cooking with Sean.
let the light TV themes take you away on the AM radio. Our engineer and beloved sidekick, side sidekick on this show, Sean DeTori, uh, is quite a chef, it turns out. And all week he was talking about making this amazing tuna casserole that, that uh, I, you had a couple false starts. First, you left some of the ingredients on the bus, Sean. Yeah, that's a true fact. What did you? What, what was in the first the first bag of goodies that you left on the metro bus? Uh, well, it was just two items, but I had left the uh, bag of pasta, one of the main ingredient. Yeah, that's uh, that's important for the tuna noodle casserole. And then I also left the can of mushrooms in that sack as well. Mm. I love this music. We may just need to run it under the entire <laughs> <I know>. show. <laughs> All right, so it's hot. For, let's just back it up even further and and ask tuna casserole. Really? Yeah. What, what, what is it about? What, this week you just thought, you woke up one day and thought, you know what, I need me some tuna casserole. Exactly. Um, I, try to, I try to cook frequently, somewhat frequently at my house, try to make some meals every so often. And so this week I just wanted to go simple. Um, and so I was like, well, maybe I'll make some creamy tuna casserole. And is this something that your mom used to make for you? Is there or your a- nana? <laughs> <laughs> All my nanas are deceased. Thanks, Jen. <laughs> probably um, from tuna casserole. Probably. Um, no, I, my mom, I'm sure she's made this before, but it, it is not because of her or anything. I don't know a lot of 30-year-olds who rock the tuna casserole. I don't know a lot of 60-year-olds who rock the tuna casserole. It's a, uh, it's a particularly uh, old-fashioned kind of dish. Is it just something you always had a taste for? Um, yeah, I quite do like tuna, and I like casseroles. And I like mixing everything together into one giant lump of uh, the casserole setting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it actually, this time, it came out creamy. I've made it before, and I've tried different things in it. Um, there's something, cr- there's some crunchy. Uh, you, oh. got some, you got some carrot. Okay, we should say for the, the radio audience, all five of you uh, in your cars listening, Sean has uh, brought in some of this fine tuna casserole that he eventually did make. And we're eating, Jen and I are having some of it, and it's, I have to say, it's really good. It's hard to go wrong with a, uh, okay, I think that's enough music. Sorry, to really get on my nerves. It's like girls I've dated. I love you. Get out of here. I really turned on that music, didn't I? You sure did. So uh, we're, Jen and I are eating some, and it's it's really pretty good, I guess. Where'd you get the recipe from it, for it Sean? <laughs> well, actually, I got it off the back of like a uh, pasta, you know, a, a pasta um, package. Uh-huh. I cut it right off the what, back. What brand? Safeway brand pasta? Pro- yeah, I think it was Safeway. Okay. Because uh, it says cook Safeway extra wide egg noodles according to this package. Good um, guess by me, huh? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I just called that. Um but yeah, so but did you it, follow it exact? No, but I did learn from uh, Mr. Tom Douglas, who does have a show on Saturdays from four to seven on News Talk Seven Ten Cairo, um, that when you first do a recipe, when you first are starting, you should you know do it exact like it says, uh-huh. and then from there, once you get it down, then you can experiment and 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 veer off track a little bit. Yeah. So I've made this a few times, so I thought it was time to veer, and so that's what I did. And I didn't add peas. I wasn't feeling peas. Mm-mm. Okay. Um, and I wasn't feeling onions because my roommate doesn't really care for onions. So I was like, all right, no onions. Thoughtful guy, this Sean DeTore. Wow. Ah, look at the big brain on Brad. <laughs> There's a Pulp Fiction uh, reference. Coming up it. next hour. Um, but I put in some celery, some carrots, and some radishes. Um, radishes. Now that seems like a bold a bold choice. Kind of a summer salad ingredient, isn't it? Yeah, that's what my roommate and, and, and a couple other friends said, too. Like, radishes? Really? Please. But I was like, well, I've never really cooked with radishes or used them before uh-huh. uh, in salads or any such thing. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, I put them in. I didn't really put in too many radishes, and it's kind of hard to tell that they're in there, I guess. Oh, I can tell. How oh. much How much did uh, you make? You made like a week's worth? Uh, well, it could be stretched to a week. I think I put it in about a 9 by 12 casserole glass baking dish. Um, so yeah, just run down the list of ingredients there. Let's hear what, what you put in this bad boy. All right, what I put in this bad boy was one uh, 12-ounce package of extra-wide egg noodles, you can use Safeway, QFC, whatever mm-hmm. you prefer. Whoever wants to sponsor this show. Yeah. yeah really. We'll uh, use Viet Hoa, Vietnamese market. Grocery exactly. outlet. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Keep it going. One 10 and three quarter ounce cream of, uh, can of cream of celery soup, but I didn't have cream of, cream of celery, so I used cream of broccoli. Ooh. You just, you just threw the script out. You I did. Completely f- freelance. I opened the window and I said, get yeah, out of here. Exactly. Forget it, recipe. So forget you. And then three quarters <laughs> cup of milk, one cup of sour cream, uh, a quarter cup of, uh, you know, finely chopped onion, or you can not use onion, celery, and then, you know, let's see here, one four ounce can of mushroom stems and pieces drained. Uh, one 16-ounce can of peas, drained as well. If you don't want peas, you can use radishes. Um, one cup or four ounces of cube cheddar cheese. But what I did use, instead of cheddar, Luke, if I may say so. Please. I used uh, Monterey Jack. Because it was pretty mild. I was going to say, I didn't think I tasted any cheddar. Yeah, so I used Monterey Jack this time. And I don't know. Oh, and then the last two things is, you know, one can of tuna. But I used two cans. Ooh. And then it calls for diced pimentos. But I've always said... With the pimentos, I like them, but I'm just whatever. Yeah, and that's that's the. So you didn't do any seasonings. Oh, yourself. actually, I did. I did. Um, usually, it's a little bland, um, but this time I put in some. I wrote it down here. Tony Chachers original Creole seasoning. <laughs> <laughs> you just play by your own rules, Dottori. I mean, I don't. I don't know if that if Tony Chachers is really meant to go in a tuna salad. It says it goes on good on everything. <laughs> yeah, they want to sell you the box of Tony Chachers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, well, I, I, I have to commend you. It was really tasty. Again, hearing what went into it, as people know, this is a show where we do weigh ourselves before every program. Right. Because Jen and I, in particular, are obsessed with our weight. Right. It's always painful when you eat something and you think, that tasted good, and then you hear that it basically had 200 grams of fat per bite. Because right. there was, like, sour cream and milk and a cream of something no soup. No kidding. And, and the wide And the wide pasta. It yeah. just kept getting worse. Yeah, but um, it made for good eating, though. Did you find it a little creamy? Because it, it did actually come out creamier than 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 most times I've made it before. Maybe I, that's because you were making it at midnight. Actually, I was making it at midnight. I haven't had tuna salad. I mean, tuna casserole in you know since I was a kid. So I couldn't really. I've never ordered it in a restaurant. I, they probably don't sell it in restaurants. It's too <laughs> rare. So I don't. I I, uh, I haven't really. I couldn't compare it to anything else. But I did think it tasted. It tasted really good. Sean, is this? Would you say this is your one of your top meals that you make? What what like? What are your top? What are your top three that you that you can whip out? Uh, I whip out burritos, which is you know pretty easy. Just mm-hmm. you know burritos, put meat, blah 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 inside, whatever you want. Um, I oh I love crock pot, uh, crock pot cooking. Yes. But you got a crock pot for Christmas last year. As I, I sure did. Good. I lost my crock pot in my divorce. Oh. I kid you not. Really? You have to pony up thirty five bucks. And I was a Christmas gift, and I loved that thing. How many I quarts loved... was it? <laughs> it was uh, at a four point five. Is that possible? Is that even a? I'm guessing. I don't know. I have a four quart. I think. Yeah. Well, I had point five more than you because I'm a professional radio host. I make a lot of money. <laughs> All right. Well, if that's what you got to say to think that is cool. <laughs> Uh, so you, you make the burritos, you um, enjoy working with the crock pot. Yeah, and uh, you can make a really great stew in the crock pot because the meat, when you cook it in the crock yes. pot, it really just falls off the 
you know, it's not on a bone, but if it was on a bone, it'd fall right off yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. Now, um, you said Tom Douglas has a show on this very radio station. Tom yeah. Douglas, of course, one of the most well-known chefs in Seattle. He has the the Palace Kitchen is his, right? Palace or, Kitchen, or Dahlia, Dahlia Lounge, Lounge Serious Pie, Yeah, he's Lola. big time. Have you given him some of this tuna casserole? Well, it's funny you should mention that. Sometimes I'm infrequently on his show, me and a friend of mine, and we cook for him, and Terry Rotaro, who's also on that show, and so... Uh, in February, I'm going to be on cooking an all-vegetarian meal. Um, but last time, we've done like steak, we've done shrimp, I've cooked a Sicilian chocolate and cheese cake. That came out really great. Um, we, who knew that we had a little Mario Batali? Right here. <laughs> Dottori. This is Dave Ross for three full hours from 9 a.m. until noon, spreading drive-by wisdom to the masses, one listener at a time. Right now, it's too beautiful to live on News Talk 710 Cairo. I'm levitating. What the F? I feel warm and I'm levitating. What the uh, F? This is TBTL on News Talk 710 Cairo. I'm Luke Burbank. Thanks for listening in on this Friday night. We're coming up on 8 o'clock. Uh, but we, and Sean, can you cue the music back up for our segment we're in the middle of right now, which we like to call Cooking with Sean DeTore. All right, that's enough. I'm sick of it. Sean DeTore, our, our engineer. Who also we find is a, an amazing chef has even trained under Tom Douglas. Yeah, it makes it Tom kind Douglas. of unfortunate that tuna casserole is our maiden voyage. I yeah. know, I know, it's right? Fitting that you would say maiden voyage, being that tuna is. Wait, wait, what is chicken of the sea? Is that chicken or is that fish? Is that... I think it's steak. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> um, so Sean, when we when we last spoke with you, we were having some of this delicious uh, tuna casserole that you made. And uh, and you're talking about your very favorite things to make, but what we thought would be, I, first of all, I love the fact that we're getting free food oh, out yeah. of this that Jen and I are, no are are eating, and I I just I think we should give you an assignment for next week. And Jen, somebody called in with something. Well, it was another casserole. It was a tater tot casserole. Hmm. So I don't know if we want to go directly to another casserole. That might be lower down on the list. Did you have a Did you have a different idea? Of something, I liked the crock pot sound. It kind of intrigued me. Yeah. A slow. Yeah. What if we spring for the fixins? Yeah. We'll pay for the fixins. Okay. So some kind of like fabulous barbecue or meat like stew or like a really good like. Uh, I tell yeah. you what, I can bring in my. I have a crock pot specific cookbook. Uh, I can bring that in, and you can pick something out of it. Okay, so maybe on maybe on Monday. We'll pick a meal. There you go. And then you can start the crock pot going on Monday night and just <laughs> let it simmer. Right. Overnight. I've done that before. Wake up in the morning, turn it off, lay back in bed. <laughs> Why aren't you doing commercials for Crock-Pot? I don't know. You're just that excited. <laughs> Give me money. <laughs> there's like there's moments when like, looking into the life of Sean DeTore is a really fun thing and times when it's kind of disturbing. We and haven't gotten there yet. The, the idea of you <laughs> in your apartment... Just setting your alarm to get up, walk over, <laughs> turn your crock pot off, and go back to bed. Go back to dreamland. Yeah. I don't know well, if I really want to be there like, for that. If I put it on at like 11 or 12, maybe it has to cook for 8 to 10 hours. So, Do you cook? Do you like to cook because it's, it, it's more affordable, or is it because you just enjoy the process? Uh, I cook because I enjoy uh, cooking. I like the whole process. It, it it does save you money. Like I don't really eat out a lot, like fast food and all that kind of crap. But um, so yeah, I cook because I enjoy it and it saves money. Um, and you can have it just you know maybe make something last a week or a few days. You know. Mm -hmm. Well, Sean, I think this has been a really really splendid first uh, edition of 
Cooking with Sean DeTori. All right, kill it. When I first heard this clip and I heard him play the sounds, what I had suspected when he, um, when the mystery was first introduced, I was like, uh, that's probably the train down from Royal yeah. Brome. <laughs> <laughs> it's not far. I, mean, I don't know why this was a mystery. <laughs> yeah. I, I, maybe it was an excuse just to get that guy on to talk about the sow belly. Uh, <laughs> I know when I, I, you know, I was sitting there and thinking, uh, uh, Luke, you probably don't remember your high school science, but, you know, sound tends to travel a little further at night, you know, for various reasons. So, you know, I thought to myself, it's got to be a train whistle from somewhere where the, you know, the trains are coming through, you know, maybe down at the port where they have to pick up stuff, you know. So I was uh, I was pretty sure that's what was going to happen, you know, what they were going to find out. Yeah, it, the train um, goes along the waterfront and then it, pops out uh, where the stadiums are and there's it's in a valley where you know it will travel up to beacon hill and up to capitol hill i mean it's it's and uh, on the water pretty so, basic <laughs> there's that too right oh god so um <laughs> those guys were funny though the 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 guys rolled do you think do you think that um those guys were real i mean I, yeah, I think they were real. The first guy, for me, it was the contrast between the two guys. Uh, the BNSF guy was so straight. Yeah. And, you know, he was like, you know, I'm the company man. I'm going to give you, you know, what we should. But what cracks me up is the managing director of the Port of Seattle <laughs> goes right for the yeah. joke. Sure. And I'm sitting there going – this guy, you know, like this guy could like press buttons and like have have cranes throw like containers into the uh, into the bay, you know, there, right. you know, or, or have ships crash into each other. Sure. I don't know if you can do that. But here's, a, you know, a guy who's basically has a pretty important job and he just goes right for the joke. I was just <laughs> in hysterics. I was in hysterics. I was thinking, shouldn't he be out there checking those containers on Harbor Island for Russian hookers instead of uh, <laughs> telling jokes on <laughs> On a nighttime radio Absolutely. Show? Absolutely. <laughs> oh my God. That was great. Uh, Christy, you, you have any other, any thoughts on the, any other thoughts on the train mystery? No, I just love that. I love that whole thing where he did the joke. Like he, uh, Baba buoyed them basically. <laughs> yeah. uh, and, and the other thing is, is I just love the fact Luke is cracking up through the entire discussion with uh, uh, Charlie Sheldon, I think his name is. And, and you, he just can't stop laughing, even though he's able to like, like ask a question, you know, he can calm down enough to do that, but you could just yeah, hear smiling. him chuckling yeah. through the whole thing. There was <laughs> never any danger of anybody getting any free pizza uh, from this mystery. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's true. <laughs> I the sucker quickly. So, uh, cooking with Sean, he cooked himself a tuna casserole. And why why do they hate casserole in general? And why do they hate tuna casserole in particular? Because casserole is good, and tuna casserole is really mm-hmm. good. And maybe maybe they had some bad experiences growing well, up. Well, how are you guys? Where do y'all stand on casserole? Uh, um, I, I like casseroles in general. I'm not a big tuna fan, and I'll tell you why. My first job out of college. I worked in a lab and uh, I didn't know what else to make. So every day I made myself a tuna fish salad sandwich. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm every day until about six or seven months into it, I picked up the sandwich, took a bite of it, and and, and almost threw up. And to that to this day, <laughs> I cannot eat tuna fish. I got gotcha. you. <laughs> so I'm not a big fan of like tuna casserole. You know, it's like, Ugh. but I like casserole, and you know, tuna casserole is very common, and people like it. I think that they just should have known that after eating Sean's casserole that they should never have had this segment again. <laughs> right. <laughs> a guy who puts Monterey Jack cheese and radishes in his uh, tuna casserole, two big mistakes. The cheese, you need some, um, yeah, I don't know. Monterey Jack is too mild yeah, for right. the casserole. That's, that's one thing. And then radishes, I don't even know where that idea comes no. from. It would be crunchy. He, he wanted something crunchy, I guess. I don't know. Well, I hope you cut them up at least. Now, normally, what do people put in that? Like celery and onions and stuff like that? Peas are common. Uh, Mushrooms. Peas, right, right, right. I mean, at the very least, if you want something crunchy, you go celery because it doesn't have much of a taste. Right. Also, they didn't have cream of celery, so he went with broccoli cheese. (laughs) Of course he did. (laughs) That's too much flavor, too much strong flavors happening. And radishes, I mean, I don't know. I've never had a cooked radish before. Uh, I've had them. They're actually, they're, when you cook them, it kind of takes like the, you know, radishes sometimes have a little, um, you know, like spice or zing to them. Well, it takes it out of them. So it's basically like you're eating just crunch, oh. you know? So, you know, it, it doesn't have much taste. That might work, but but I, I don't know the. It's such a sharp taste, raw. I was imagining it uh, cooked, not being very very good yeah. in there, but I don't know. But, but as Christy said, the combination of the broccoli cheese yeah. and the tuna, yeah. eh, I don't know. You know, it sounds like a major disaster. Yeah, they tried to sounds- save it with some uh, Tony's uh, Creole seasoning as well. <laughs> yeah, that that would work. Not I've taste tested. I think about two or three of Sean's. Uh, Sean's creations, and uh, I think he should stick to his day job. <laughs> yeah. I, well, I, I, first of all, um, it's interesting. I, I, I assume maybe Luke did this on purpose, knowing who Sean is, but you get the impression of, of Sean being A, a free spirit, and B, on like planet Betazoid. <laughs> you know, I mean, he definitely is, has has, uh, how shall we say, different ideas about the way the world works, you know? And, and it's fun, but, you know, I don't think I'd hire him as a chef. Right. And his poor his poor choices as far as the ingredients that he puts into his food makes me question, um, I don't know, his whole attitude toward cooking. Like, is he cavalier about uh, hand washing, about uh, cleaning surfaces? I mean, I want someone who can follow a recipe and can also uh, – Make sure that I don't get salmonella. Yeah, you, and Sean would be the type of guy to say on the air, "Hey, you know, I just dropped the deuce before I made the, uh, 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 you know, the salad there." And uh, yeah, I would, I would uh, definitely um, have some questions about his uh, sanitary capabilities, as it were. Yeah, 
God forbid you have to drop a deuce at that uh, Cairo, uh, that bathroom there, Christy. Have you ever no. been in that bathroom at Cairo? No, no. It's actually just the men's room that where when you're at the sink, you can see directly into someone sitting oh. on the toilet right there. Oh man, huge crack. It is so disconcerting. Even when you're in there alone, you're thinking, if there was someone on the toilet, I would be looking directly at their business. Oh man. <laughs> oh man. Um, ah. what else, uh, what else about this clip? Um, why did you choose this one, Bob? I, I choose this one because it, it, it's, it, it's in such a contrast to the way the show is now, you know, um, it, it's very emblematic of the radio days. Um, you can really see how, how, how produced it is, you know, mm-hmm. um, how tight the segments are. Um, you can, see Jen's uh, producer's hand in there, you know, which is, which is a good thing. I think, you know, obviously on, in radio, you really need that. And um, you can kind of see her, her philosophy and, and, you know, also obviously Luke's, you know, but um, yeah, I really chose it because it, it, and it's also, you can hear how excited they were about being on the radio Mm -hmm. and having this, you know, very, freeform, unusual show and, you know, starting to pick up listeners and things like that. It, it was just, I think it's a, it, it, you know, if anybody just coming into the show right now would be, would behoove them to go back to the, the first month or two and just listen and see, you know, where the show has come in that period of time. Um, do you think, do you think that, a person would be more likely to to keep listening if they heard that show or if they heard like yesterday's show. Well, that's a good question. Yesterday's show was pretty good. It was pretty funny. It was. They've been, they've been on a roll lately. I thought Friday show, Friday show, I was, I was doing the dishes after dinner and, and I was just cracking up. My wife was looking at me and she said, TBTL, huh? (laughs) And I said, Oh yeah. You know? And, uh, 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 I don't know. That's a good question. It, they're very different animals. Um, uh, the only thing I would say is, as I listened to the old shows, you know, and then after I listened to the first two weeks, I went ahead to like 2009 and listened to a little bit of those. And um, uh, it's much tighter. Uh, they tend to be, obviously, because it's a radio show, you know, and they're dealing with commercials and news breaks and things like that. They're on topic much more. Mm-hmm. Um, and now, you know, you listen to it and these guys, you know, as I said, it, it, it's really an experiment in freeform radio. Mm-hmm. Because some days, you know, the, I, I think their chemistry is great and they really click. And other days, you th- I, I'm like tearing off my earphones going, what the hell am I listening to? <laughs> mm-hmm. You know? And uh, so it, it's just very interesting. It's a, it's a different animal now. What Definitely does your wife animal. think of this nonsense? Well, it was, I, I don't know if you'd read my show notes, but, but I told her that, uh, I was going to be in, you know, this is when initially, uh, you know, you guys contacted me for an interview and, um, I said, Hey, I'm going to be interviewed, uh, on this podcast. And it's, it's a podcast about TBTL. She smiled and she looked at me and she goes, Hmm, sounds incestuous. <laughs> <laughs> I like That's that. the first time I've heard that. I die. I laughed. I said, uh, yeah, that's a pretty good description. So, uh, uh, she doesn't listen. And I don't think knowing her, I think she would think, um, I don't think she would enjoy it, but that's fine. 
you know, it's, you know, we can't convert the whole world to TBTL. And as people say on, in the Stens page, trying to explain it to other people and get right. them to listen is not an easy thing to do. So are you always on earbuds or does she overhear? Have you ever tried to give her an episode? What's the status there? I'm usually on earbuds. I'm pretty much always on earbuds. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I will tell her about things in the show. I think... I can't remember. There was something. I can't remember what it was. It was some show a while back. Um, um, oh, it might have been. Do you remember that one where, where they were talking about? Um, it was the that famous poop show. You know, the one back. You know, and they started talking about like sewage treatment plants, and you know, if if somebody fell in, you know, oh, the, right. Right, the plant, and they said they should just give him like in a, a sandwich and a rifle to kill himself. <laughs> and I, and I, I just lost it, and I told her about that. She thought that was pretty funny. So, you know, I, I'll tell her little bits of things, you know, from the show. Is she going <laughs> to listen to this? I don't know. I, I, I I'll, I'll probably try to force it on her. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, she'll probably go. Why do I have to listen to this? I hear you every day. You know, so. mm-hmm. <laughs> Come on, it's your star turn. She owes it to you to listen. Uh, I don't know if you added the accounts up about who owes whom. I think I'm like uh, way down. Yeah, I hear you. I hear you. You gotta, you gotta, you gotta keep your side of the ledger up. Woo, um, man, I'm climbing a tall hill. Let me tell you. Yeah. Um, Chrissy, I don't uh, have anything else. Uh, Bob, um, you you have anything else you want to impart to the listeners before Christy keeps some house? Uh, don't think so. I think uh, I'm good. All right. All right. Appreciate it, Bill. Uh, <laughs> ben. Love, Bill love talking no, to no, you. No, no, no. Ben. Ben. It's not Bill. I like Bill better. Bill's a better name for some reason. Well, I would agree. Because otherwise, you know, people will think I'm Ben Stein. Yeah. Right. Right. That's why. <laughs> okay. Which I don't want to be compared to no matter what. <laughs> oh, I do have one more thing. Um, Bob, you should probably stop sending emails to those guys and, and give them some voicemails. You you bring a lot of dynamism to the table, so don't let it get lost in an email. Okay. Because yeah. I know Andrew loves voicemails. And so next time you have anything to say or take them to task, yeah. do that instead. The fact that you've got in less than a year, or I guess a little bit over a year, you've gotten three emails read. I mean, there's people that have been listening from the beginning that have never had anything. I know. I, I felt a little guilty oh, about no. that. Actually, I'm thinking, I'm thinking, yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like, oh my God, you know, these other listeners probably hate my guts <laughs> because, you know, they've been like writing in for years and, you know, Luke's been, you know, like, Luke's like, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. You know, and, and then I've gotten three of them, you know, so uh, I, I'm, I'm, you know, okay. I'm humble bragging, but uh, basically I'm very proud. Of I've only had one I've had. red and I've been, uh, I've been writing, writing into them for eight years. So. <laughs> Whoa, 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 whoa. Wait a minute, buddy. You've had a whole week, right? right. You had a whole week on the show, so I don't think you can complain. It's not an email. <laughs> okay, we're talking apples and oranges. I understand. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Christy, what do you got? Um, I just want to ask everyone to sign up for the Archive Project and buy some How are we stickers? doing, by the way? We're well over the halfway point, right? Um... I would say it just feels like it's going to take forever. It's not. But You've I would got say. got some momentum. And then once 
it's all complete and we're current. There's going to be a lot of cleanup to do before it's nice and pretty. But right. yes, I would say we're halfway. Yeah. And they've been alluding to the archive project on the show. I still mm. don't think Luke has wrapped his brain around it. I, I know Andrew has, but it. it's okay that they don't point it out that much. Right. Because we don't want no, APM getting to, involved until we're done. Right. Yeah. I want it to look pretty and be a searchable database that looks nice. Right now it's just a Google spreadsheet. So mm. it would be nice to have a nice finished product. Mm-hmm. In a web page. We're getting there. It's going to pay off, Christy. I know sometimes you get stressed out and you get worried and you think it's never going to happen, but we've come a long way or you have. I mean, I joke around. I haven't done Jack for this project. In fact, in fact, I rely on all you guys every time. uh, Oh, clip. I'm like, find the clip. Somebody find the clip. You know, I have no idea. So it's going to be a great tool for me when it's done because people, people will be able to go find it yourself, dummy. Well, it'll be a good tool for them too. Yeah, for the people that I'm insisting do do work for me. Well, I mean, for Luke and Andrew. Oh, for those guys. Yeah, I forgot yeah, about them. They're kind of important. Part of the reason why I started this is that um, I heard that when they moved from Cairo, when they stopped being a radio show, that someone, I'm not going to name names, lost the producer's book that said what they had done for every show. So basically, unless they've kept track after that, there's no accounting for the first year, basically. Mm -hmm. Well, all I can say is it's actually a fun thing to do. I've gotten a big kick out of uh, doing the archiving. So uh, I would encourage people to uh, jump on the bandwagon, the little red bandwagon, (laughs) as it were. Now, Bob, you don't putter (laughs) when you're archiving, though. Do you just sit, you sit down and yeah, I can't. Uh, uh, I can't multitask that way. I Neither have to I. like. I have to listen, and actually, because it is very intense, you know, I'm trying to catch things. I take breaks, you know, while I'm yeah. doing it. So, you know, a, a, an hour show might take me two, two and a half hours uh, to archive. But I try to like, I try to do it within a short period of time. Otherwise, I kind of lose momentum. Mm-hmm. So I don't tend to let a show go more than a day or two. Mm-hmm. That's at least that's my style of doing it. Chris, do you have anything else? Nope, that's it for me. All right. If you want to get involved, go to littleredbandwagon.com, fill out the form, and you'll pop up on the show just like Ben Stein did. Uh, go to the Stents page or ours on Facebook. Um, personal Twitters are at Drew McFrizz, at Kissy Eyes, at RL Pape, at Dadstronaut, at Meredith underscore Mayhan. Uh, Bob, do you have a Twitter account that you want no, to do? No, I, I, I don't tweet or tweet as it were. <laughs> so, uh, no, I don't have a Twitter account. Are you eager for more uh, tens as Facebook friends? Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Well, you can see, you'll always see Bob hanging around the stands, TBTL Extra, all those pages. He's a frequent poster of some insane stuff so uh just find him and and friend him you can uh, go to the show twitter at lrb podcast uh email us at little red bandwagon at gmail.com and the voicemails 802-432-tbtl that is 802-432-8285 bob again thank you very much uh it was a lot of fun a great afternoon it's it's weird to be doing this in the daylight but i feel (laughs) alert and happy and i think this was a good show Sorry it took so long. I think we originally had you in October, and then Bobby and I both got sick. And right, and then you you fired him from the show. At least this show. Yeah. 
Hope you gave him a good severance package, though. Yeah, he got he got a big percentage of our earnings in his. <laughs> yeah, well, thanks for having me, guys. This is a real treat. It's a real honor, and I, I'm I'm just tickled to to be on. Awesome. So until next time, this is the next party. Ah, uh, we love you, Jen. Gailed it. No one was available because of the holidays, so I got oh. my cousin Karen from Philly. Oh, right, cousin Karen. I like her. She's cute. Yeah, she's cute, right? She's bringing some home, homemade Christmas ornaments. Oh. She's going to show it to us. She sells them on Etsy or whatever. Right. <laughs> Come on in. Come on, Karen. Hurry up now. All right, good to see you, Karen. How are things, how are things in Philly? Yeah, okay. You know, I just got done clearing Deadpool out of my yard, and I made a gang of stuffed peppers to take down the shore. My son Dave just started Roxy. How are you? Nailed it.